on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM.
Medicine is quite plain. Their food contains no pain. They will never wear murderous fucks fur. They don't follow fashion. Their thing is compassion. Yes, we will not eat haddock or any animal product because we've learned to think about our bedtime drink. We make sure that our cuisine has vitamins and protein to keep us strong and healthy even if we are not wealthy. For what we wear, we check our shopping trolleys and what goes in our bodies. We are not one creed or color, we simply live all over. Yes, there are many reasons why we love being vegan. Benjamin Zephaniah. He came to my vegan festival, must be 15 years ago now, in Brentwood. So just down the road to the station um, at the Brentwood School. What an absolute lovely guy. And we're still in contact with each other and have a little chat from time to time. Um, you listen to me. It is 6.09 on this wonderful Friday evening. And tonight's House of Fun is a bit of a celebration about how fantastic young people are. We've got a guy coming in who set up his own business, age 10. We've got a wonderational singer and speaker who speaks to thousands of people and is, has got a really big following on her Instagram. Might chat to my son. Woohoo! Callum is in the house this evening as well. Um, all of this and some fantastic music as well. I am just feeling in the party mood because after this tonight, I'm driving to Brighton for Veg Fest UK Brighton. 
which is happening this weekend. So if you haven't got your tickets, do a bit of a Google and come and hang out with me over the weekend. And as I say, on top of that, some fantastic music as well. This is Atlantic Ocean and Waterfall. tonight's inspirational youth special if you like um i'm gonna chat with my son that's great fun isn't it to chat to your own son on air you're all right kid yeah i'm good thank you oh well thank you for joining me because sometimes callum comes and hangs out in the studio with me and then he went through a bit of a phase when he didn't really fancy it and he wanted to do some other bits and pieces which is fine not everybody's going to be a radio nerd like me are they callum 
Not really. <laughs> now, Callum, tonight is all about inspirational people, We've got, and particularly younger people. Um, you're just 12, nearly 13, um, and you go to Billericay School, don't you? Yeah. Now, that's that's hard enough, isn't it? Keeping up with all the schoolwork and everything. But they're really good in Billericay School, handling with like, veganism and type 1 diabetes. Well, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit more? Because, you know, we hear on the news about, you know, kids that are playing up or doing untoward things. And I think sometimes kids, you know, younger people, they get a bit of a, a bad deal because not all of the kids are really mean. And, and some kids you know, have got a lot to deal with, haven't they? Do, how do you find it um, with type 1 diabetes? Well, there's no bullies who pick on me about it. The school's very helpful, especially with veganism. But with my type 1 diabetes, there's a medical room and the teacher in there, she's really lovely and that she just helps me out with anything I need. Well, for the listener out there who's thinking, well, what is type 1 diabetes? I've heard of type 2 diabetes. Could you tell me the difference between type 1 and type 2? So type 1 is unknown, just some, it's mainly kids who get it, not so much adults. It's unknown why, but type 2 diabetes, it's, it's diet-based. It's more lifestyle-based. Yeah, so if you eat a lot of unhealthy food then you're more likely to get it. So it could lead, so it's all a mixture of maybe, you know, I don't know, there's all different reasons, isn't there? But basically, type 2 is more lifestyle-related, but type 1, it's an autoimmune condition that affects kids in particular, although it can happen at any age. Um, and it means that every time you eat, you have to check your blood sugar levels and then have an injection of insulin, don't you? Yeah. And, I mean, that's pretty impressive because you've been checking your own blood sugar levels since you were in hospital, haven't you? So you were just 10 years old and having to prick your fingers, get some blood out and check your own blood sugar levels. Yeah, and I remember it was, was it like a month after I had one diabetes, I gave my own injection and then I just do it from like, from then. Does it bother you, having type 1 diabetes? Some stuff is pretty annoying, because when I'm older, I want to be in the army. And at the moment, you can't be in the army with type 1 diabetes. But the police just let people with type 1 diabetes join. So hopefully the army will as well. Hmm. I mean, that's a lot to have on your plate. I mean, most people have never had to give themselves an injection. I mean, you know it's quite shocking isn't it but you take it all in your stride don't you yeah i do do you um do you think you've got used to doing that i've got used to yeah i've got used to doing my own injections and pricking my fingers mm. does it hurt it depends but pricking my fingers if i do it in the same position i get a bruise and then it hurts a bit but the injections Again, it depends where, and if I get into a bruise, it hurts a little bit. But usually, you can't really feel that much. It's a bit uncomfortable for some people, but you get used to it. Now, every day, there, there are kids that are being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in Essex and all over the UK. You've been living with this for three years now. What advice would you give to the parent, or equally the child, because it is mainly kids, 
What advice would you give being an inspirational person, young man that's been handling it really well, living with it every day for three years now? What advice would you give to the parent and to the child? Well, the main thing my mum tells me that diabetes doesn't control you, you control it. Yeah. So just stand up for yourself. It doesn't change anything as long as you, like, if you just eat a bunch of stuff without, like, taking it seriously and checking your blood sugar levels or if you just eat and forget to do your injection, that's very bad. So you just need to always take control of your own type 1 diabetes. And how do you feel being a vegan as well? Because we do have some more young people that are coming in that are vegan as well. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that you can't eat much food? No, I don't. It's basically the same as not, but it's obviously a lot better. So it's a different version. So you still have chocolate and cheese and burgers and pizzas and yogurts and milks. Is there anything that you think, oh, I wish I could have that, but it's not vegan? Not really, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for having a chat, Callum. Um, I know I threw you in a little bit at the deep end, so you wasn't really expecting to to talk. Is there anything else you want to add to my lovely listener who's listening in Essex thinking, oh, I've learned a little bit about type 1 diabetes? Well, don't feel bad for yourself or don't take it on your parents that you do have type 1 diabetes. If you do. And what, actually, before you go, do you remember what the signs are? You know, there are signs that you could be... Um, your body could be changing and you could have type 1 diabetes. Just so my listener is a little bit more informed out there because we were not aware of the symptoms, but our doctor was very fast thinking and I took you to the doctor quite soon. Um, but not everybody does that. So what, are, what were the symptoms that, that, are, that we need to look out for? Do you, do you remember what they are? Yeah, so if you drink lots and lots of water and you go to the toilet lots of times, that's one symptom. And another, which is kind of like one of the most important ones, is that if you pee in the bed. So, okay, so you need the toilet. You need to do wheeze much more frequently than usual. All throughout the night, you could have an accident and pee the bed, as you said, and I know lots of people, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just... It's simply your body trying to get rid of all of the sugar because, you know, the sugar's got to go somewhere. So it is maybe losing weight as a child, maybe needing to drink loads and loads and loads and still being super, super thirsty and needing to go to the toilet. So if they are symptoms that you need to look out for, if, if anybody is experiencing symptoms like that, what would you suggest, Callum, going to the doctor straight away? Yeah, just go to the doctor straight away. Don't think it, you'll just get over it because it could be type 1 diabetes. It could you be. could get very poorly. If you so. don't see to it straight away. But on the other hand, you can still lead a fantastic life, as Callum has, is proving, being an army cadet and having lots of friends and having fun and enjoying life at school. Thank you for chatting, Callum. It's okay. Oh, lovely. Well, that's my son. <laughs> Thank you, Callum. We've got some incredible guests um, throughout tonight's show. I'm really, really excited. And on top of all of that, some fantastic music. I am feeling, in particular, a bit of the old school club classics. Go 
but I absolutely love Robin S. And it takes me back to VegFest in um, Bristol just a couple of years ago when I was hanging out with um, with her. She, what an absolute lovely, lovely lady. And it's just a climbless, timeless classic. A climbless traffic, I was going to say then. Cece's giggling in the background. Well, I just thought there's some fantastic young people that are out there at the moment. Um, and there always has been, there always is. And um, I thought, let's get a bunch of them on my show and we can have a good chat and find out what it's like being a young person today and what motivates such people like Ayanna Goodfellow. Hello. Hello. Let me whack up your fader because everybody wants to hear you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm excited to meet you because I did see you yes. give your speech <laughs> at the massive animal rights demonstration or the massive animal rights march last year. Yes. And you really blew me away. Thank and you're coming you. to VegFest, aren't yes, you, I am, tomorrow? Yeah. Coming tomorrow to do a talk on art or artivism and disruptions. Now, you are giving a talk. You've, you've spoken in front, um, in front of thousands of people. You yes. do sing. <laughs> you have got a beautiful face and Thank a wonderful you. smile that lights up the room. Thank you very much. Now you're talking to the whole of Essex. I am indeed. On the radio. Yes, very exciting. I mean, this is just quite a whirlwind, isn't it? <laughs> you're taking it all in your stride. Yeah. What made you do this? Because not all kids want to stand up in front of 10,000 people and talk about what they are passionate about. Well, I think it's very important because we've got to stand up for animal rights. I'm a vegan, I'm an animal rights activist. And if we're going to change the world, if we're going to help animals, if we're going to save them, then you have to stand up for them. You can't expect things to change by just sitting on the sofa and doing nothing. So. They're very wise words. <laughs> Thank you. And can you please tell my listener how old you are? I'm 13 years old. So you are 13 years old. <laughs> you're standing up and you're singing and you're performing and you are very passionate and you want to make a difference, course, don't you? Yeah. When did you first feel like, I want to make a difference, I want to stand up and, and talk about my activism? Oh, uh, I mean, I've always liked talking in front of people, I guess, and I've always liked performing. But I guess when, when I went vegan... It's basically the same week I became an activist, um, which was just under two years ago. And at this, I just, I went to an Earthlings experience and it was amazing. And I just was like, this is it, this is, this is it. And I just thought, I've got to do this more. It's amazing, it's great. And I'm sharing my knowledge with people. I'm going out and actually trying to make a difference and trying to do something. I felt like this is what I was meant to do. So was it the Earthlings experience that inspired you to be a vegan? Um, well, it was my first event, but uh, prior to being vegan, I'd been a vegetarian, although that doesn't really mean anything. Um, <laughs> but, and I, I had always liked animals and I'd, I'd said that I was an animal lover and I, I felt for them and I, I really liked them. I loved them. They're amazing, beautiful creatures. And... Mummy showed my brother and my brother Corey and I a video of a dairy calf and that was it. We just went vegan straight away and then like a week later we became active. Wow, gosh, there's no stopping you, <laughs> is there? So, I mean, for my listener who's thinking, you know, so, you know, you're a vegan, I mean, but that means you can't have any milk, you can't have any ice cream, you yeah. can't have any burgers. It's really tough when you can't have anything like that at all to eat. 
Well, that's absolutely 100% not true. <laughs> <laughs> I eat all of those things and I'm really not very healthy, to be honest. I do like fruit and veg, but I, I would eat a lovely pizza or a burger any day. Yeah. You can get anything vegan and better tasting, healthier, not harming animals, better for the planet, better for yourself. There's just, there's nothing to lose in being vegan. So what does your activism actually entail then? Because I did hear you, as I say, I, I, I was in the crowd supporting yeah. the big march yeah. that happens every year yes. and I took Cal and my son and we, we have a lovely time. It's like you get a sightseeing tour of London yeah. <laughs> and standing up for what you believe in. Yeah, what else do you do? Well, um, all sorts actually. I've I do street activism, so I go to events like the Earthlings Experience and do outreach and share footage and give out leaflets and things. I do stickering and chalking, uh, which is basically when you chalk messages in a park or something or stick stickers about veganism in certain places. I do disruptions. Which What's is that? Oh, it's, it's very fun. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a way of protesting a restaurant or shop or establishment where they abuse animals, which, to be honest, is most places. But when you do a disruption, you mainly focus on those places that uh, are very obviously harming animals, if that makes sense. So places like McDonald's and other fast food restaurants and uh, shops like Canada Goose, where they sell fur and down. Uh, and we basically just go in, and, go in there and protest and chant. And who do you go with, though? Because you're only 13, aren't you? So you? I'm sure you're not... You're not jumping on the bus, are you? And <laughs> going on the bus for an hour to wherever you need to go. Well, I usually go with my mother, uh, Cece, and my brother, Corey. And... I create events and just pe people come, I guess. And so they actually come to your events? Yes, they come to my events. That's pretty <laughs> impressive, isn't it? It's very, feels very amazing when you're standing there with so many like-minded people. It's just a great feeling of unity. Yeah. Do you get anybody that sort of doesn't quite get it, though? Or All the time, of course, all the time. Vegans are a minority, but that doesn't mean that we can't make a difference. And there are lots of different types of doing activism and different types of activism will have different sorts of effects. So with disruptions, people do seem to get more offended and uh, more angry. But the point of a disruption is not necessarily to turn someone vegan, but more to open their eyes and to show them that there are people out there who are standing up for animals and who are not happy or well, rather anti the abuse and the suffering that animals go through. But uh, things like the Earthlings experiences is a way of trying to turn people vegan. And chalking and stickering, for example, is just a little thing there, just as someone's walking past, just something to read, something to think about. So there are loads of different ways that you can stand up for animals and, and share your message. Do you think as a young person, you know, this is something that you, you, I mean, obviously you really want to be doing it, but do you sort of feel that, you know, you're missing out on playing or doing some sport, you know, do, does any of that, you're giggling away. <laughs> you're the picture of health yeah. with the most beautiful face. <laughs> but do you feel like, oh, you know, maybe other people think I should be doing other stuff or are you? do you feel that? No. <laughs> Since being vegan, I feel like I've become less interested in what other people think of me and less interested of being what society thinks I should be. 
I just want to be myself. I want to stand up for animals. That's my thing. I want to do what I want. I want to be homeschooled, which I am. I want to do my own thing. And I think if we truly are wanting to be free, we have to be ourselves. We can't try to conform to society's norms. And I've never been that into playing. Um, I'm more interested in, to be honest, I'm more interested in hanging around with adults than I am with children. I've always felt like I get on better with them. And I'd rather be doing animal rights than playing because playing is fun, I guess, but that's not going to make a difference to people's lives. It's not going to change the world. <laughs> uh, but doing activism and doing something I'm passionate about is very helpful. I can see how much it means to you, how excited you are <laughs> about it. You've absolutely lifted the room Thank with you. your passion and your energy. What do you what are you planning for the future? What how, you know, are you going to try to sort of work this in um as you get older? Do you see yourself running a big oh, yeah. charity or organization or something? Um yes, actually, hopefully very soon I will be. Um in a couple months, I'm going to be um, organising an event called uh, Vegan Arts Night. This will be the second one ever that I've done. And basically, vegan artists come and perform and do spoken word and poetry and music and sell their art. And it's basically a way um, for people to build their confidence and to be on a platform and share their message through art. And I think art is a beautiful way of, of sharing uh, the message of animal rights and also a way for activists to come together because um, I guess activists don't really have that sort of time to be together and have that sort of time to just relax because we're, all, we're always tending to be on edge, ready to have the next conversation or go to the next event. And it can be quite stressful, but it's nice to have that time to wind down. And with the money raised at Vegan Arts Diet, I am going to be launching an activism organization um, which is mainly about disruptions and uh, activists. That's incredible. Have you got a name? Yes, it's going to be called Rebel Heart. Oh, I say. Did you come up with that name? I did indeed. What inspired you to come up with a name like that? Well, in order to stand up for something, you've got to sort of be a rebel. Uh, and so, yeah. That's lovely. Well, look, I want to hear even more about you. <laughs> um, for my listener who's thinking, God, I want to find out about this lovely lady. What's going on? Well, how can people find out about you? Instagram would probably be the best way. Yeah. Instagram at that vegan girl, Iana. Underscores between each word. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably the best point of contact. And you've got over 4,000 followers. Yeah. You've built up a very good amount of people you, yeah. that want to know more about you and i loved your photo on your instagram <laughs> thank you yeah. because it was i think it was taken from behind you yes. when you were speaking and you can see a sea of like thousands of yeah. people in front of you so it's very inspirational but you're not going anywhere yet are I am you not. we're still going to get to hang out a little bit we've got our next guest has arrived um and some fantastic music as well we just played robin s for you yes going to dig out a couple more tracks as well especially for Ayana Goodfellow thank you it's the best name ever I am seriously <laughs> going to change my name we might even get mum Cece who's uh, over there filming at the moment we may even get her to say a few words are we likely to have that pleasure Cece 
Oh, oh you're listening to me, Karen Ridges, here on the House of Fun with some wonderful, inspirational young people talking on the show this evening. And on top of that, some pretty cool music too. <laughs>
Well, it's all about old school club classics tonight. I am lining up some fantastic music for us, my lovely, so we can chill out with a nice glass of red. It is nearly 10 to 7 on this Friday evening. That means the weekend can officially start with me and you on the House of Fun. Nothing beats that. Every Friday, we get to hang out and play some fantastic music. And this evening, I have got the best guests in the world ever. Come on, guests, let's all hear it. Let's all hear it for us. We have got some wonderful mums in the house this evening and some fantastic kids as well. Um, And we're going to be hearing much more from them throughout the next hour and uh, a little bit as well. Um, And on top of all of that, We're going to play some brilliant music. I love this one. This is Felix and Don't You Want Me.
this evening and that is olive and you're not alone nearly seven o'clock about three minutes to seven if you're getting ready going out down the sugar hut or wherever you're off to hope you have a fantastic time um and just tune in listen to the tracks that i'm playing getting yourself in a party mood that's what it's all about on a friday um and on top of that i am so excited about the wonderful guests that I um, get to chat with and we get to listen to as well. Um, And tonight's theme is all about inspirational young people. 
Um, and I really like the sound of my next guest. It is Jessica Rhodes, who's come in from just down the way in Billericay. I'm a Billericay girl as well. Welcome, Jessica. Hello, nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you and great to connect with you because I thought you had a very interesting story as well. Yeah. Did you set up your own business at a young age? Yeah. Not as young as my guest who's going to be talking later. Where is he? Oh, he's there, he's isn't here. he? I can't <laughs> see him. Where are you, love? Are you there? <laughs> we're going to hear all about Omari later on because he was super young and he's still super young but you were 19 Jessica wasn't yes, you yes but your business seems to have developed and grown quite a lot what made you start a business so young and tell us about the business as well um well I originally um was going to go into journalism um, and I was really into drama and English and everything um, around that subject. Um, but I um, was also training to be an actress at the same time. And I was more involved in film and television work um, around that. And uh, I was introduced to somebody that does hair and makeup for Harry Potter and um, somebody else who was um, involved with the uh, Chewbacca makeup for Star Wars. And uh, I was really, really interested in it and I wanted to know more. And they told me about a couple of places that I could go to after I finished my college um, studying uh, instead of going to uni. And after that, I ended up <laughs> working three jobs to pay for my tuition. No, um, gosh, you must have been yes, shattered. I was, yeah, it was very difficult to work around, but um, I ended up uh, working three jobs. I paid for my tuition. I went to an amazing academy based at Pinewood Studios. Um, so I was in the middle of everything. And um, after that, they gave me um, a massive talk on how to run my business because my name uh, essentially is my, my business. It's what I'm credited as for film and television and theatre and everything else. And um, they basically told me about taxes and paperwork and everything because if you are self-employed, you have to do all of this like a business owner. Um, so essentially, I am self-employed, but I run under a different name, Rhodes MUA. When I do larger um, scale productions or um, larger scale events, I do a lot of work for charities and for local businesses um, to help raise money and to basically entertain children um, around those events. And when I do that, I need help, obviously. And then they basic I basically go and speak to people that were trained in the same academy I was. And I basically recruit them to, so it gives them a wider perspective of um, different mediums of makeup they can do. But then so you are, I mean, that is the thing. You are quite an incredible makeup artist, but with all <sighs> different kind of... Um, areas in yes. the mix, aren't yes. you? Because when I looked at your website, because I mean, I, I did get a lot of people saying, oh, I'm an inspirational young person. I'm running my business. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And, you know, I'll have to do this subject again because there's some fantastic oh, people there are. out there's there. there's a wide Fantastic. Yeah, there really is. But your, now your website... I was equally impressed and equally a bit horrified <laughs> yes. at some of it. I've yeah. got to say, yeah. I, I, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I do tend to have to put um, disclosures and warnings when I pub, uh, publish photographs of my, my work, especially for special effects, um, when I publish it on social media because there isn't um, you know, a, a restriction on that. Um, and it can be quite horrifying, especially with some of it. Um, I mean, because yes. you do like the gory, sort of the scary film type makeup yes. and... 
I mean, it's so realistic. When you're doing such makeup on, on one of the actors, and it, do you get frightened yourself? Or do you think, oh, well, I know this is, this is all, you know, pretend? <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm absolutely petrified of horror films and I cannot oh, watch them. No. Um, however, if I look at stills from those um, films to mm. analyse the makeup, it's completely different because I am looking at it at a makeup perspective mm. um, instead of, you know, um, looking at it as a character uh, as a person you know being wounded by something um so it's it it, it has kind of um uh, i dissociate from it now it has numbed me a lot when it comes to things like this and it is helpful because obviously with those kinds of makeup i do have to look at real life events and real life situations that involve that so that I can get it as accurate as possible. Um, and uh, because of that, it has really numbed how I perceive those situations now, which is a little bit worrying at times. Um, and you do have to kind of step back and realize, yes, this is reality and this is not. But um, overall, yes, it, it, it's a very challenging for almost everyone that I know that does it. When you first start out, it can be quite daunting to see all of these real life um, injuries and then you have to try and mimic that which is a bit um, horrifying to say it the is. least oh my gosh some <laughs> of them well, some of them I saw on your website I thought oh my gosh this woman is just a genius oh thank you you know yeah. it, it, just really wonderful I mean you started out you know as a, as a later teen if you yes. like were all your friends, you know, doing equally as fantastic things, running their own business, setting up, studying? Um, I would say that there is a massive stigma about people my age starting off in the industry I am. It's a very professional industry and you do have to start off from the very bottom and work your way up. I do find, especially when I work with private clients such as um, brides and prom because um, it's not all blood and gore, no, is it? Your not. business. It's, it's, I know it's hair and it's you're makeup. The, yeah, you're the makeup else. person to the to the stars. You're the makeup person on the film sets, doing some pretty, you know, some crazy stuff. Yeah. But you do the beautiful stuff yes, as well. Yes. I mean, a lot of the the uh, production work I do, half of it is beauty makeup and hair and then you do occasionally get asked to put a bullet wound on someone or a stab wound on someone but the majority of the film is just makeup makeup and hair especially on men as well grooming and beards and everything um, but especially for private clients I do find that uh, there is a massive stigma about people being too young um, if you are young you are perceived as inexperienced and you are perceived as um, therefore not qualified to do the job and people do tend to look at me and think hold on one minute and it is a bit worrying um, because I am qualified you know I've got insurance I've got business I've got um, you know website I paid for my jackets I paid for my t-shirts I've got everything branded and professional my kit has a wide range of products um, you know, a lot of high-end products and then some that are more beneficial for low-budget productions. But um, it does, you know, my price does reflect my, my skills and um, my age shouldn't really reflect that. I um, really agree. I think, you know, and this is quite interesting that this is obviously something, um, an obstacle that younger people... Mm 
have to face. Yes, and um, I know loads of people that are the same. I fortunately was with um, a, another girl in my academy when I was training, and um, that was the exact same age as me. Um, but she has um, her whole family are involved in film and television, so she already had a lead into that, and she already had a lot of experience in that. Um, and she's, I know now she's in Prague, she's in Berlin, she's filming everywhere. She was with Orlando Br- Bloom last year. I mean, it's shocking. So who you know does help, it doesn't really it? It really does help. Yeah. It really does help. Um, and fortunately for me, I've had a massive, huge backing financially, mentally, physically. You know, um, my friends and my family, my partner, all of them are extremely proud and they will always help me out. And I do find that younger people, especially when they're building a business, need that even more, um, especially with the finance side of it. Um, my whole family have a massive um, background in self-employment, which is really handy for me. Um, if I have any questions about it, I can just go and ask them. But I know loads of people that don't have that. And then, you know, um, I see them struggling and it's, it's, it's nice. And I feel privileged to know that I do have that. I also have a lot of backing when it comes to um, work itself. I have a couple of really close makeup artist friends that I can go to to ask questions about, you know, my journey so far and what I need to change. And and I'm very grateful to have that. Um, And my academy that I trained at as well also really support me with jobs and with um, questions about products and things like that. And uh, I know people that don't have that at my age. You know, a lot of people um, that were in my college course before I ended up going to the academy went to university and they're still studying at university because it's a three-year course, uh, whereas mine was only eight months. But um, I've seen them already trying to get their foot in the door with working and being, having paid work. And um, it, it's going to be a struggle for them because they're a little bit older, yet they're less experienced. Um, so I'm going to be really, really trying to, you know, support them at the best of my ability with what I already know and what I've already done because um, I know how difficult it is, especially now because I, I was young and I've built my way through it. You know, they're unfortunately in the position now where they're older and they've had less experience. So I'm really grateful that I'm in my position that I can actually help them to get to where I am at the moment. Um, Yeah, so I do think that um, it's quite rare to find people at my age in my industry, um, especially in the production industry, film and television, um, theatre. But for Bridal and Prom, I think there are a lot of young people out there that are now aspiring to be MUAs and they're really trying to push their clientele and they build their portfolios and their experience. And I see it and it's amazing. I mean, some of these girls have hella good blending skills. I see them on Instagram all the time. I'm like, you have got skill, you've got talent. Um, you just need to channel it in the best way possible. And I think that's really hard to do with such a wide growing industry at the moment. Mm. It's really, really difficult. And um, that's what, why I'm what, grateful. What do you, I mean, how would you like, would you like to see more younger people in the the film and TV industry? I think, yes. Um, I think we are more fresh, we're more energetic. I mean, when you do a normal day for film and television, on average, you're looking at 12 hours of work a day with 
an hour's break. So it's not your nine to five it's anymore, not, no, is it? No, it's very unsociable. It's very strain, strenuous on your physical abilities and your mental abilities because you're trying to push your energy out all of the time and be refreshing for the new person that comes into your chair. Um, and I think that younger people can bring that to the industry without even thinking about it. Um, but I do think that, especially for the film and TV industry, it's very, um, you've got to have a very big key eye for detail. Um, and so you do have to have the right training for it. Um, and I find um, it's very difficult to get the appropriate training at such, such a young age. Most academies that um, specialise in this kind of training will only take you on once you're 18 years old. Um, so um, a lot of the people will then go to uni and then by the time they're 21, that's when they've graduated and they're ready to work. So it's quite difficult to have people that young start off in the industry in the first place for those reasons. But I do think that the stigma about our age should just be gone, basically, mm. because um, there's a lot that we can offer that... Um, maybe the older generation of um, MUAs uh, can't offer as easily and as effectively. Mm. So are, are you pleased that you started doing what you're doing at a young age and you've been able to build it, build it up? Would you recommend that to other teenagers who are thinking, oh, well, I can't get a job or I don't know what to do or I'd like to try this? Do you think a way forward could be setting up your own business and being passionate about your subject? I think that there is a way forward for it. Self-employment now is something that a lot of people are going towards. Um, it's been around for generations and gen generations, like I said earlier with my family. Um, and it is something to fall back on, especially if you want to just express your skills that you have developed. Um, I do think, though, that... Um, being this young is very helpful financially because um, it's not really frowned upon to live with your parents and, and help rely on their help with finance. Um, it is very, very difficult to get the right amount of payment for this when you're starting out. For your first year of work, you have to do it for free just to build the experience, just to build your portfolio and to build your networking. Uh, it's very, very difficult then to be taken seriously afterwards to be able to get the right amount of payment because for the first year you've done it for free. So it's a bit of a catch-22 and that's why um, my family especially encouraged me to do it at this age because then they knew that I could fall back on them if I'm in a bit of a financial crisis, basically, and I can't afford to, you know, I can't even afford a cup of coffee at the moment. Let's oh, bless you. <laughs> go on, go out to the kitchen. I'm so, going to make you one. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, it's. It, I think starting at this age is very helpful um, for that reason. I know people in my course that, you know, are 22, 23, 24, and when we were studying, they were really struggling with um, paying their bills because they live in London and they house share, and it, there were a lot of issues there. Um, and I'm just grateful that I don't have to deal with that at the moment, and I can just focus on my work and my business and building my name up in my local area. Um, so that um, hopefully in the next two years, I will have a financial stability there to start looking at moving out and paying rent a little bit more than what I am at the moment. Um, but I would say, again, you have got that stigma there with being young 
and so it does make it a bit more difficult to find work especially paid work um uh and that that's just speaking from my experience you know like i said i know people that have skyrocketed from the moment they graduated and they've gone off to various different countries and they're getting paid and they're you know earning a living for it but from what i've experienced at the moment that's not the case um, but I am only just into my second year of working as freelance. So I guess only time will tell, really. Um, well, with your passion and your drive, Jessica, <laughs> I feel that you're going to get there and we're going to be seeing your name on, you know, other big blockbuster films. Oh, and, I you hope know, so. I really hope there's so. There's Jessica's name again. <laughs> oh, there's that to girl the I met a couple of months ago. Oh. <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I'm hoping that it will end up that way. Um, I, my ultimate goal is to end up on um, a premiere of um, one of the films that gets released in, in the UK. Um, that is my ultimate goal because um, a lot of the time when you've got such a wide uh, department, um, only the vital head of departments get invited to the premieres. Um, so people that have worked on there for like six months may not necessarily be able to see it on the red carpet with all of the paparazzi there, get dressed up and everything. So um, my ultimate goal is to get invited to one oh, on one of my Can jobs. I be your plus one? Oh, I've already oh, got, got, got a long list. I've got a long list. My nan would definitely <laughs> love it, honestly. She gets so involved. That's so sweet. She gets so oh. involved. Jessica, tell everybody how they can find out more about you and your, your inspirational work. Um, so I have a website, it's www.roadsmua.co.uk and you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook under Roads MUA. Um, I do also have um, my name listed on multiple, multiple forums um, and I'm also in a lot of private Facebook groups that are based around my industry, um, like... Uh, UKMA, which is uh, UK Makeup Addicts and um, Girls Mouth and a couple of others that are really, really lovely groups to be a part of and they really do support you. You know, real good girl power as well, which I, I love. I like that. A bit of girl power. Yes. I like that as yeah. well. Thank you for being utterly brilliant. Well, Another you young inspiration. You'll have to come back. Well, you, you'll come come back again and we can do some like really great music. I would music. love to. Makeup, I mean. Oh, yes, we could do it for Halloween. Someone. We could do a Halloween special. Yes, I'll get you in before then. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, <laughs> Jessica Rose. Thank you. Makeup artist and much more. A lovely further, another, another, I'm going to speak this evening. Um, <laughs> young, inspirational lady. So thank you for joining us, thank Jessica. Thank you. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now. Funk Soul Brother, right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, right about now.
about an appropriate track. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Robert Miles and Children, because tonight I have the best guests ever, don't I, everybody? Yes. Come on, we've got the mums in the house, we've got the boyfriends, we've got inspirational young people. I've just took a wonderful group photo that we're going to tweet out on our... Um, and I will put it on the Phoenix FM um, Instagram as well. Um, I mean, apart from my face that looks like five times bigger than anyone else. I hope that's because... Well, I just hope that's because I'm the closest to the camera. But I've got smiley people from probably the age of 10 to my age. Oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to say my age. But um, we're all having a laugh, aren't we, guys? Yeah. That's the main thing. And spreading some positivity throughout Essex and online. Omari McQueen is in the hot seat. Look at you with your headphones on. <laughs> you look as though you're a radio star. Do you want to be a radio star? Um, I want to be a chef. You do, don't you? I do know that. And we've met before, haven't we, Omari? And speak really loudly into that microphone. We've met before. Yes. Have you got older since I met you? No. How old are you now? Ten. Was you ten when I met you? Yeah. Was you nine? No. You were ten? Yeah. And now you're ten and a half? No, I'm ten. You're ten. When are you eleven? Um, May the 19th. Well, you're nearly eleven then, aren't you? You're nearly, nearly eleven. And it's a very good age to start your own business, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all giggling. We've got Ayana giggling there as well. She's a young lady that's taking the world by storm as well by, for a very young age. Got Callum in the background, dealing with lots of stuff and school and all sorts, being a, a local teenager. And it's really good to hear and chat with lovely young people that are doing some really great stuff. Are you one of them, Omari? Of course. Oh, I love that answer. Tell us about what you're up to then. And I want you to speak really into that microphone. See how, how close I am. You're going to have to go right on the edge of your chair. What, what, are, you, what are you doing here? What do you do? Um, I sell my own vegan dips. What? You sell your own vegan dips? Yeah. And you're 10? Yeah. How, how did that come about, Omari? When I had a YouTube channel called The Mario Maker Show and I made a vegan pizza on my YouTube channel yeah. but I wasn't too sure if high tomato sauce was vegan because I don't like my food being too dry. So no, I don't. When you go out to the pizza place, do you ask for extra tomato sauce? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. I d otherwise it's too dry. I oh, know mine's all about barbecue. Do well, you? Barbecue base. Yeah. But you know what? I like the barbecue base as well. But I would ask for double the barbecue <laughs> base because otherwise it is too dry. So you were miffed about that, wasn't you? Yeah. Because you wanted to make sure that there were dips and things out there. Yeah. That were vegan. Of course. Why? Why? And why? You're only ten. When did you go vegan? When, when I was eight years. When I was eight years old, and um, I looked, I looked on my laptop. I searched up on my laptop um, um, veganism, and then something came up as how animals have been killed, and then, <laughs> and then, see, soon as I saw, soon as I started 
watching it because I didn't know what it was about. And then I, I told my mom, you lied to me. You, you said they died. And, and, then, and then she said, I didn't lie to you. And I, then I... <laughs> You're giggling now. I bet you were cross at the time, though. Wasn't you? Look at that cheeky <laughs> smile. <laughs> you was cross at the time, wasn't you? Yeah. You was, wasn't you? I can tell. But it incensed you to set up your own business. <laughs> you got the giggles now, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing? Mum, what was he doing with a laptop or an iPad just randomly searching <laughs> veganism at eight years old? He That's amazing. You can join in. You don't have to sit over there with Cece. We're gonna we're gonna pull Cece. Your mum could should we let your mum come and sit down for a bit as well? She yes. can you can sit on her lap, can't you? And we can all budge over because we're all friends here. So Amari McQueen, you are quite an inspiration. Now you and I have met, as we said earlier, because you were on the stage with me at VegFest in front of hundreds of people. Yeah. And we had a good laugh then and I was very impressed. So I'm very happy to see you again. Now, you decided, you made your own decision and you wanted to be vegan because it felt right to you. I think you might have even convinced somebody else to be vegan. I have convinced so much people to be vegan. What about your mum? Um, my mum's plant-based because she still wears um, leather clothes. Yeah. And The truth <laughs> comes out, mum. You better ditch those, those boots you're wearing. I've, I've got... <laughs> I've got clothes and bags that I spent a lot of money on <laughs> before Amari turned vegan. <laughs> and then he wants me to throw away my Louis Vuitton holdall. Yes. Oh, he's saying yes as well. <laughs> and he wants me to throw away my Uggs and all these other things. I'm just like, look, son, I love you. <laughs> I, will, I will support you and cook plant-based food and do all the rest of it. I will not, no longer go out and buy any more leather stuff and things like that, but I'm not throwing away my stuff. The thing is, it's expensive, isn't it's it? It's expensive. Like, it's the same with my makeup products. Um, now we've got a lot of um, brands that are... Uh, introducing cruelty free products exactly, yeah. and now I'm trying to introduce my products more for that yeah. um, however the, I'm not going to spend even more money on products until my um, products, products from the brands that haven't um, uh, introduced cruelty free yet um, has, has expired and or, or run out I'm not going to do that because yeah. it's expensive it is you've got to be practical yeah. at the end of the day I mean you know I mean I've been vegan for 25 years so everything I've got is vegan so yeah. I'm very very sort of lucky but Amari you know you want to be a chef Why did, what inspired you to be a chef age 8 or was you even younger when you wanted uh, to be a chef I was younger at, when, I, I was 2 when I was Amari you were two years old and you knew what you wanted to be for the rest of your life. He's got yeah. a video on his Instagram, actually. We'll have to share the video yeah. <laughs> yeah, of when you were two. Um, I started cooking by myself when I was eight. And then 
When my mum tried to help me in the kitchen when I was eight years old, I told her that she couldn't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> And then she said... Oh, was she interfering, saying, oh, you should do this, you should do that, and you were saying, Mum, no, I know what to do. I'm Omari <laughs> the chef. Yeah. Good. And, and she, then I said, don't touch anything, and then she said, but you need help. <laughs> then oh. I said, I don't need help, I know how to cook. <laughs> Sounds like me and my partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ayanna's giggling her head off there. I think she's she's feeling the same. She knows. She knows that she's, she's the same. Fully yeah. out of me on radio. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Tell me, Omari, what did you like to make then? What was your favourite dishes? Maybe when you were two. I don't know. Or when you were eight. But when I was two, I wasn't vegan. Yeah. And my 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 favourite thing to cook when I was little was cupcakes and I put that on Instagram so if you want to watch it you go to my Instagram you cheeky You're plugger plugging, giving your own well listening right into that microphone so everyone can hear you go on then go on tell us what your Instagram I, if you're listening my lovely listener thinking what the hell is going on on the house of fun we have got wonderful inspirational young people in the studio and if you want to listen again you can go to phoenixfm.com and all of the links will be on there for, for all of my wonderful guests this evening but go on then you can give yourself a plug what's your Instagram? Um, my, my Instagram has so much things about me <laughs> <laughs> about you yeah and it I show you guys uh, Top Tip Tuesday about so much things fun facts um, I show you guys how to cook and you should you should all know how to cook by now <laughs> 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 but well, we should, shouldn't we? Do you think people are a bit lazy with cooking? Some people. They are, aren't they? It's, it's just... Yes. Mm. I think um, you've been watching too much, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> what is your Instagram? What is it called? Um, What's the name of it? Dipalicious. Dipalicious. LTD. Mm. At the end. Mm. Lovely. Now that's the name of your business as well. I'm still. So you made cupcakes when you was eight or two, and then you progressed on to different things. And then you were worried that things might be dry, so you decided to invent Dipalicious. Yeah. When I when I had my YouTube channel, then um, and as well, when when I made my first tip, my mom got angry with me because I used a good mango. <laughs> Because she asked me, <laughs> she asked me, what did you put inside you? I said, I said, mango. And then she said, so you use my good mango. <laughs> did you use her good mango? Yeah, I didn't even know that it was hers. So was it? So you nicked your mum's good mango, not the bad mango, but the good mango. Did you actually cut the mango? Because mangoes are a right pain to cut. How did you do that when you was eight? Um, or nine, I, maybe you were nine by then. Because I watch my dad and my mum cook in the kitchen. Then, because my dad 
um, cuts fruits and that for us, then I'll just watch him do it and then I just do it after him. And you do it safely? Yeah. Mm, I thought you would. So what are the dips that you're making now? Mango was the first one, was it? What yeah. what, what else was in the dip? Um, it was just mango, pineapple and chilli. That was my first dip. Mango? Pineapple. Pineapple <laughs> and chilli. So what did you do? Mix everything up and it made like a salsa? Um, what I always do, I just mix so much stuff up and see what I get. And then as <laughs> soon as I, mi- I mixed mango, pineapple and chilli together, just made that dip and then it didn't taste very good. <laughs> then, I love his honesty. And then I made it again. Then I made mommy taste it. She said, mm, that tastes delicious. Make it again. And then I, because I, I wanted my friends and family to taste it, I wanted it to become a business. Wow, that is pretty impressive. Please tell me that you've brought in some dips. Oh, I'm <laughs> I want to have a, a dip. We'll have to come back. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow? Well, we're, we're not all going to be there tomorrow. In fact, probably all of us, apart from Jessica, probably are going to be at VegFest tomorrow. And I will come over to your stall tomorrow. Tell me about the other dips that you make. What other flavours do you do um, now? <laughs> I'm going to be doing an even hotter one because some people, they are... They are they say that it's not that hot, and then um, they so, so one one man said that he won he um whatever flavors do you have and what are hot are and I said none no no other flavors except for that one and then I said to him I'll make an even hotter one an um, even hotter one. But what what flavors do you have? So you've got um, cocoa, curry, and sweet tooth. They sound really nice. What are in those? Um, in the cocoa curry, it's coconut curry with sweet peppers. And then inside of the sweet tooth is pear and peach. Cool, that's lovely. So how many flavours have you got? Um, three. Okay, how many do you want to have? Four. Four? (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a good move. Do you, do you watch Dragon's Den? Yeah. Well, I think we should go on there. I'm going to come along. I can be the person just handing out the dips while you're talking about the business. Yeah. Should we do that? Yeah. And you can ask for some investment. Yeah. You could end up like the young Levi Roots. Mm. Do you know who that is? Yeah. He d- yeah, he does all... He's, I don't know what he does now. Everything, doesn't he? <laughs> what, what, he are you, what are you... You're making your own seasonings at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. So that's the next so, thing. He's making his own seasonings, and what else you? What what are you saving up for? Um, a food truck. Yeah, so you can make be so balanced vegan meals. Go all around. But you're not driving though, right? No. Mum will drive it, yeah. Daddy. Dad. Oh, oh, oh that's nice. Nice. <laughs> 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 can't I drive that good then? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you. So do you want to go around to different festivals and? Oh uh, yeah, I want to go to um, some events, sell my dips, make them say it's delicious, and then yeah, and then my foods I give to children because if there's no vegan foods at their school, because my 
my school, it didn't have any um, vegan food, so my mum did a pack lunch for me. And then now I want to cook, I want to make pack lunches for kids and meals for kids. And then the next thing is going to be what's next? Meals for adults, meals for families. That's pretty impressive. What do your friends at school think about all of this? Um, they think it's good, and I, I have um, a leaflet, a leaflet um, that has a picture of I forgot his name. Um, Danny Dyer. Yeah, Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. <laughs> You know what? I wasn't expecting that. Wasn't expecting that at all. um, (laughs) (laughs) He went to a um, Nickelodeon um, premiere. They invited him and um, Danny Dyer saw him and he's like, oh, I've got my dips. Do you want to try some of my dips? Oh, love it. And Danny Dyer was like, you're a cool kid. Come on, take a picture of me. And when we was doing his leaflet, it was just like, look, it's my business and I want Danny Dyer on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Did Danny Dyer like your dips? Yeah. He was impressed? Yeah. Did you give him a couple to take home? Yeah. Lovely. I mean, I've worked and with some famous people in my time, but I'm jealous you've met Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. That's fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, let's play a little bit more music because time is running away. Um, and then I'd love us all to have another chat before you go home. Does that sound like a good plan? Yeah, of course. Fantastic. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> well, look, let's have a little look. What do we fancy playing now? I think we'll go over to this one. You listen to me, Karen Ridges on the House of Fun. Remember, you can listen again on, at uh, phoenixfm.com forward slash House of Fun. And uh, tonight's show will be going up in the next couple of days as well. <laughs> Me and Sam in the car, talking about America Heading to the wishing well, we've reached our last resort I turned to him, said, man, help me out I fear I'm on an island in an ocean full of change Can't bring myself to dive into an ocean full of change Am I losing touch? Am I losing touch now? He said Terrible time to be alive If you're prone to overthinking it Why, why, what a terrible time to be alive If you're prone to second-guessing it About the lottery What we might have done If we had entered and had won We're each convinced That nothing would have changed But if this were the case Why is it a conversation anyway? Are we losing touch? Are we losing touch now? He said Why, why, what a 
party time with the most wonderful guests ever here on the House of Fun. We've got the wonderful Ayanna Goodfellow. Who's Hello. in the house? The utterly incredible Amari McQueen. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and the equally fabulous and very talented makeup lady. I don't know the right terminology. To the stars and to Hollywood. And some lovely mums as well. And boyfriend. And my son who's just gone off somewhere with the Wi-Fi code. Um, but um, guys, look, we could talk all night, I know, and we need much more time. But Ayanna, you're such an inspiration. You, you really... You know your stuff, you know what you Thank want you. to do and you're really making it happen. What challenges, just really in a nutshell, have you faced? Or have there not been any challenges particular, but you being a younger person that's passionate and wants to make a difference? There have been a lot of challenges actually. Adults tend to look down um, on younger people because they think that we can't have a mind of our own and we can't make decisions, decisions for our, ourselves. But that's obviously not the case. We are still people, we still have a voice, we still have our own minds. And, you know, people like Amari, they go vegan before their parents and before um, older people are in their family or in their community because they see the truth and they understand it. And I think children um, or young people generally have a, uh, a clearer view of the world as it is, more than adults who have sort of been sort of brainwashed I guess by the system for longer very passionately spoken there that is wonderful <laughs> what do you do you think that younger kids need to be a bit more inspired or how could younger people be more inspired I would say just find something you're passionate about whenever you find something you're passionate about go with it and run with it because you should always strive not to be famous but strive to be good at something and strive to have passion and I think if you find that, you'll, you'll do well. Ayanna, you are amazing. I am so happy that you come on my show. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll put all here. your details on the Listen Again link Thank as well. You. Omari McQueen. Hello. Hello. You're 10 years old. Yeah. You're the CEO of your own business. Yeah. Do you think people take that seriously? Yeah. They do? Do you think it's because of your personality behind it and your passion and your drive? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Do you think other people, other kids maybe at 10 should start their own business or do you think it takes a certain type of person to do that? Um, what, what I should say is that you're never too young or old to start your business. Very wise words. You've got lots to deal with, haven't you? You've got lots of things that you're planning for the business. Does it stop you having fun at all? Or is this fun? It all is fun. Because I get to cook. <laughs> <laughs> you do like to cook. Yeah. Does he get it from Mum? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cook every day. We've got, I've got, me and my husband have got six children. So cooking at home is like cooking Christmas dinner every day oh so really this is a lot um it's a lot of cooking that we're having to do does amari take the pressure off sometimes yeah yeah he does um actually yesterday he actually um cooked um what was it jackfruit jackfruit burger with um, breadfruit chips seriously when am i coming to your house for dinner this like, is ridiculous he, for a 10 year old to I'm be doing you. and i was just like I was really tired and I said, look, I've got so much stuff to sort out. 
And he's just like, it's all right, mum, I'll cook. So I'm just like, cool. <laughs> Absolutely. But does he do the washing up afterwards? No. Oh! No. no. And that's why we've invested, haven't we? What did we invest in? A dishwasher? A dishwasher? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've invested in a dishwasher. No, oh. it's easy. No, it's lovely and easy. But you still don't rinse the dishes. Oh, no. You still leave it for me to do. I just put it in there. You <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> even loaded it, though. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, Cece, you must be very proud of your daughter. I know you were saying, no, I'm not going to talk. I do not want to talk. But you must be very proud. Your daughter's absolutely fantastic, isn't she? Absolutely. I'm very proud. She doesn't get it from me. Oh, she does. Of course she does. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Jessica, what's your plans then going forward for your business? Um, well, my plans really are to more focus on... Um, production work mainly try to focus on that um but because um it's quite um uh anti-social um hours and it's um very very uh tiring i do like to take breaks and focus on face painting and body painting and work um alongside local people that do the same thing as me and uh use all of those skills and um all of my networking to uh, raise more money for charities and to help entertain my local communities. I mean, um, last year I did um, a fundraiser for the Grenfell Tower um, Emergency Services. Um, I also did work for Top Model UK and that was um, to raise money for children with cancer. And I'm actually doing that again this weekend. Um, and it's just really re rewarding, but it's also really active. Um, and it's just nice to be able to be in our community, especially because I find Billericay and Brentwood are communities that care a lot about mm. their area and a lot about the people that are in them. So it's nice to give back and it's nice to work alongside of them a lot. Um, so it's, it's a nice little break and I wouldn't really want to stop that for the world. But I will say that working on productions is a whole other spectrum. It's a world that nobody ever, ever thinks or imagines about because it's so secretive and it's such a pleasure to be able to be around that and to uh, experience it and actually be involved with it. Everyone works so close together and collectively that um, it's such a rewarding job to be a part of. And then to see it like come out in cinemas and places all over the country and to hear what people say about it and think about it is just a whole nother... Um, it's just the cherry on top of the cake, really. And I, I love every minute of it, but it is Aww. very um, challenging to get into, so... Yeah. Well, you've done really well to come as far, you know, as you have done already. Thank you. What little nugget would you give to somebody, you know, a teenager now who's thinking, you know, maybe this is an area I want to get, get, go into? What would be that one thing, just that little snippet before we go into the news in a few minutes? I would definitely say look into training courses that specify in the... Um, style of makeup and hair that you want to specialise in um, only because then once you've got the training you are more qualified and you're then more experienced because they mould you into what your employers expect of you when you work in that industry um, so definitely look into your training and your PLI if you're not insured then it's going to be a whole palaver just to do your job so um, yeah I definitely Very look at it seriously Brilliant. Well, look, thank you. Let's have a huge round of applause. Yay. Wonderful guest. We've got the wonderful Amari, top businessman at age 10. Incredible Ayana. 
um, inspirational speaker. Um, we've got to get you singing next time. Oh, we've yeah. got to come in. Wonderful mums, Jessica as well, and my son who's disappeared as well. Um, thank you, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed the show as much as I have with some utterly brilliant music as well. And don't worry, it will all happen again or very similar this time next week. I love you lots and we're going to play out with this one, especially for Omari. Magic in the air. 